Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, and remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. Not to say something, people. If you have a really nice car, like a nice high-end Mercedes or a nice BMW, at least know how to drive. I swear to God, living in Burbank or Glendale, which I live in Burbank, I was driving to the studio today, and this person has this sweet Mercedes. I mean, one, like, you don't even, I don't even know where they, some of these people get these cars, because you don't even see them in, this, in anywhere. And the guy is going down Olive, which is a 35 zone, and he's doing like 22. And my feeling is, if you have a nice car, drive faster. I don't mind if you speed in that car, because it's a nice car. And the other thing is, also learn how to parallel park because there's nothing worse than I sit swear to God I see these older Armenian ladies and they have a big Mercedes or they have like a huge SUV or a Hummer and it takes them like 12 tries and to get into it's not like a small spot because you know we all have that problem trying to get into a small spot but it takes them like 12 tries to get into these huge spots they do it in front of my building and I'm sitting there I want to yell at them because then they park all crooked and they park in the middle and they waste like three spots Anyway, enough about that. We're going to talk to my guest, who's from New York, so she probably knows a lot about parking in the street. It's a Roma Mafia. How are you doing, Mafia? I'm doing good. And you know, that is interesting. I didn't learn to drive until I was out here in California, because as a true New Yorker, we didn't have to drive. Right. So I had an ex-boyfriend who taught me how to parallel park. It works every single time. Now, what's, what's your, how do you do it? So you get up, you move up to the car in front of you, and then when you're backing up, as soon as in your left side mirror... You can see both headlights in the car behind you straighten out. You're in. That's good because, you know, I'm legally blind in one eye, so my deaf perception sucks. And I, and I'm saying this in air, people. I'm not going to lie. I lied to all you people at Cherry Hill East in 1981. <laughs> I failed my driver's test twice because I couldn't parallel park. Right. But I told everybody, oh, there was a problem with the insurance because it's embarrassing. You fail once and you're a guy, especially back. I mean, I graduated high school in 82. So in 1981, right. if you fail as a guy, everyone's like, man, what, what's wrong with you? Right. And I failed twice. So people, there you have it. If anyone's listening from Cherry Hill East, Aww. I failed twice. But it was all right because and my friends drove me around. I love that you did a confessional on St. Patrick's Day. See that? And now, I are you Catholic? That. I know you have a very mixed uh, ethnicity. I was raised Catholic. I went to an all-girls Catholic high school, St. Michael's in New York City. So I, I don't know that I'm, you know, there are things I believe in, but I don't, wouldn't say I was a Catholic. Well, I got a question, okay, because my girlfriend, the lovely yeah. Joanne, she's Catholic. Oh, I Catholic love that, the lovely Joanne. And she jokes around and she says, you Christians. She always calls people outside Catholicism Christians. And I'm, I always say, everyone's Christian. She goes, no, we're different. And it always cracks me up. I'm like, what are you? Are you, are you like a religious racist? Now, but I, do you have any view on that? Isn't, isn't it all Christianity? I don't know that it's all Christianity. Okay. I don't think it's all Christianity. I mean, anyone that says they're a Christian, like denominations are Christian, like Catholic is in Christianity. You know, it's interesting you say that because I've never said I'm a Christian. I've always said I'm a Catholic. Okay. So I think there is a distinction. But you know what? What's the big distinction? I, I mean, you know, it, it's like wars are fought over it, the distinction. It doesn't matter. It's whatever. Now, I got to ask you. Now, yes. you went to an all-girls school. Yes, I did. And now, at what point did you know you wanted to get into acting? Because you've had a great career. And you've had a great career. And you've worked constantly. I mean, even me and Ian were talking about that. How just, you know, from in the beginning, we'll talk about when you're in a paper and disclosure and then just series. But did you, as a child, did you want to get in acting? Was, was there an acting vibe in your house? Or did you love it? There was never an acting vibe. There's no other actor in my uh, family, you know. Um, but I think I was very shy. So what it was was I was very attracted to, um, you know what it was? I started when I, I just remembered I started when I was like five. And I would sit in front of the television. I'd go to my mom whenever the commercials came on. And there was a woman in the commercial. I'd go, Ma, is she rich? Is okay. she rich? 
and unfortunately, I think that was my first introduction into um, wanting to do to act. Is she rich? But that man, well, you think though when you're five, I mean, it's like it's it's so funny because when you you see people on TV, and when you're five, you don't really. I mean, that's great because you're very advanced thinking if they're rich or not. Because I was just thinking, you know, hey, you know, how do you get on TV or who's that on TV? But so now, but did that make you want to get into it to become rich, or did you want to get into it? Because as you got older, you started seeing what acting was and getting introduced to it. I think I was seeing what it was as I got older. No, as I had in college, a, a teacher said, first day of class, acting class, she said. Anybody here who wants to get rich, raise your hand. People did. I did not. She said, well, you might as well leave now. So, no, it's not been about being rich. Um, but it's about having loved words. And when I got introduced and was reading plays and books, and I just thought, oh, my God, it's so fascinating. And I always did know from when I was young that I did not want to have the same job for a long time. So I think that all of those elements colored why I wanted to. Plus, it was community. I got to hang out with people and get laughs. Now, what age was this, though, when you started actually actually saying, okay, I'm going to get on stage? I was in high school. Okay. It, it was my senior year in high school, and I was the, um, oh, I was the Van Tropp, uh, Van, uh, Sound of Music. Okay. And I uh, said, oh, that's fun. I did that. And uh, I was, yeah, it was then. But I just studied I didn't think I'd actually have a career in it. But you're in New York. So, I'm in New York. so that gives you an advantage of a lot of other people because you it's around you. I mean, you think about people in the Midwest, a lot of them oh, are, yeah. um, they go to Chicago because right. there or people in the Northeast they'll go to Boston to start. Right. If you're in like Kentucky, I don't know where you go. Right. But I mean, Louisville. Okay, is there a big theater in Louisville? Oh my god, I've worked there. It's a fantastic theater in no, Louisville. Well, okay, so but my, yes, you're right. But to start, I mean, it's things. That's right. So, so what do you do? You graduate high school, and then do you say I'm going to go to college actor, or do you say I want to go to acting class? I mean, how do you pursue your career? I, you know, I didn't think of it as a career. Okay. I just thought, oh, I like to do this. It's like I didn't have any other sport. Okay. So I saved up money. I when I was, I worked at McDonald's. And I took that money, the first New York, the first McDonald's in New York, by the way. Was it? Where, where was, it was that? Thirty Fourth Street. You know, it's funny that even you bring that up is because someone just posted on Facebook today. They had the prices for McDonald's in 1972, mm. and a. a a filetto fish. I always call it the filetto fish. It is the filetto fish. A filetto fish was forty-eight cents in 1972, and a, and a quarter pounder of cheese, which to me is still the most overrated burger because they say it's a quarter pound. Yeah, you know, before they cook it, so it's like a two-ounce burger. It's like it's like you're, you can go to a restaurant, but that was like uh, seventy cents. So you were back. So the, where was the first McDonald's? On Thirty Fourth Street, right across the street from Macy's. Okay, and it was fantastic because it was the first one. We could eat anything we wanted all of the time. They they quickly stopped that. So I was in charge of the shakes, and then I moved over to the fries. I was a very happy camper. See, that's good, because that's funny, because I got Joe in a shamrock shake the other day, and now they, they put like all whipped cream, and they make it all foofy. Remember, it was yeah. just in a little cup, and it was Well, mint. I, oh, that I don't remember. Okay. I, I mustn't have been there during St. Patrick's. I never did the green shake. You didn't do the green shake, but I, we're talking about it now on St. Patrick's yeah. Day. So, so you're at McDonald's, you're working, and you're saving your money, and what do you do with that money? I go to Lee Strasberg Studios. Which is a very big... Now, did you have to audition to get into no, that? No, because I was in the children's department. Okay. They had young, young children and young adults. So that's where I went. I was in young adults. You just had to pay your money you're in. And so you go and you act? I go, I learn, I act, and little by little, it was time to go to college, and um, I went to City College, and I went to the Leonard Davis Center. It was a new, whole new 
theater department there, which was a big deal. Earl Gister was the dean, and all these great people were teachers. Sandra Seacat was a teacher. And so um, I went there. I didn't graduate. Oh, the reason why I went there, actually, because I was at an audition after I was graduated from high school, and I was doing some monologue at some audition, and it they were in shock by what I had done with this monologue because I had no idea what to do with it. So this guy was like, that was very, very, um, very interesting. <laughs> and there is a program called the Leonard David Center up in um, City College. We suggest you take a ride up on the train. So I was like, okay, gotcha. So that's how I ended up in City College. And then from there, I still studied privately. And one thing became another. Now, what was your first break, per se, your first professional gig? First thing I got paid for? Yes. Um, the first thing I got paid for, I think, was the Equalizer. I played a prostitute. Cindy. She was fantastic. On the Equalizer. I think that was the first thing I, I got paid for. Now, what was that like? I mean, did, was it a long audition process? I mean, because if it's, I mean, were you auditioning before that, or were you? I mean, you were still pretty new to the ranks. I was absolutely new. That was my first. I think that was my first. Oh no, my first was Smithereens. Okay. Do you remember Smithereens? It was a film. You played a prostitute. I see that, but I don't. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> With a heart of gold <laughs> and a rabbit fur jacket, window pane, uh, uh, pantyhose. Um, I think Smithereens was my first thing. No, I didn't get paid. Then it was the Equalizer. Yes, another prostitute. But um, so that was the first thing I got paid for. But that must have been great. I mean, because you're, you're. I mean, for me, it's you, and you're on twice, I believe, in the Equalizer. Yes. So that must have been great because you're it still you're still new and you're on a TV show and and the Equalizer. He was like that old guy. Oh, he I was love cool. Ed, he was Ed, great. Yeah, I Ed forget his name. Yeah, Ed, yeah, he was great. Fantastic and kind and nice and helpful to someone who knew nothing myself. So you were doing that, and now as you get that work, are you still going to class? Are you? I still am going to class. Yes, I am. Now, when do you start getting movie parts? Because I look at your resume. You know, I mean, you had a small part married to the mob, right? It was a great movie. I love that movie. Oh, that was, absolutely, that was a fantastic. Very cult, cultish, just quirky, fun, fun movie. And a lot of people don't know that. And, and such a great cast. I mean, it was Matthew Modine, I believe. And, That's right, and, Michelle uh, Pfeiffer. Yeah, and it was just such a good movie. It was fantastic because I think it's a capsule of that time. Right. I mean, she's New Yorker. She's all this stuff. There's gangsters. It's it's just fantastic. It's a fun, fun Jonathan Demi movie. Um, what was your question? No, I was going to say, okay, that, you got that part, but then you started getting into different movies because Be- then you, internal affairs and just some... I mean, when you look at your resume, I mean, in your beginning of your career, of the movies you got, you're working with some killer people. I mean, I internal know. affairs was with Andy Garcia, I believe, and uh, and that was in that was a very dark movie. John Capolis was in that, and he played just a sleazy, sleazy, sleazy man. But what was it like? Were you... Because you went to TV, then you started going to movies. What was it like going to a movie set? Were you in awe because you were young and you were just new to it I was in awe of everything so if it was a movie set I didn't know it was different from a TV set at that point so um, uh, I was just like it was fantastic in a way because I was so innocent and knew nothing that it was all very exciting and terrifying at the same time but I also was doing a lot of theater in New York regional theater off off Broadway off 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 Broadway so the reason I got the paper which is really excuse me the next big I'd say the the one that really started the movie, um, my foray into the movies was 
I was doing a, uh, a showcase in this really well-known, called the West Bank on 42nd Street restaurant. And they had a, a room where you'd go in and um, do plays. So we did plays, and casting director saw me, and she happened to be working, casting for Ron Howard on the paper. And um, she said, come in, meet Ron. And I auditioned for him, and he said, okay. I was shocked. Yeah, oh, right there. That was that. said you went in, and it wasn't like because you always hear the story, especially when you work with a bigger director. The callback, the callback. Go oh, back, I callback. had that in disclosure. Okay, so but for this, you just went in, and he liked you. He liked, and I heard a little bit later on. Yeah, okay, you got it. And I was like freaked. That was like what? So on that one, I learned a lot because it was my first time really having some substance in or in a movie, some thing to do and say that. Um, yeah, taught me a lot of things. And then you got disclosure. Then I got disclosure, which was about I think it was four hundred and fifty auditions later. Now, how okay? How did that happen? Because you're coming off the paper, and, and right. you, you would think. And I was just I mean I don't. It's Hollywood, so you can't explain it. But you would think, okay, you just got cast, and you had a good part in a Ron Howard. Now, right? It's not like it's you got cast in like a Clint Howard movie. Right. <laughs> you got cast in a Ron Howard movie. Right. It we were used. I mean, not to not to say you know not to be you were being. Arrogant, but I think I would, I would get a little bit of arrogance to sit there and go, wait a second, I got to do all these auditions. I just came off this big movie. I mean, were, were you like, well, welcome to Hollywood? This is what it's like because you had to do all these auditions for that? No. Okay. Be- you mean for the paper? No, for, for the disclosure. disclosure. After you had come off a movie, you think they would say. No. I never thought that. Okay. And I wasn't good. The only reason I got disclosure was, well, the pay- I happened to be in Los Angeles because my shrink said, it's time you go to Los Angeles because I refuse to come here being a troop. Why? Because you're a true New Yorker? or I'm a true New Yorker, plus I was terrified. I couldn't drive. I didn't know, really know anybody. And I didn't know how... The game here in, in this business is so different from New York that I didn't know what I was doing. Um, which was good, in a way. So it helped me figure it out. But um, So I came here to... Because the paper was... Uh, it was premiering. And I had asked Ron Howard at that time. I said, could you help me get a new agent? So he said, you know, come out, yeah, and I'll give you some recommendations. So what had happened on the paper was his second AD recommended my name to the casting director of Disclosure. I never would have gotten an audition for that role. Okay. So when I was in L.A., she called me in and said, come, I let, you know, let's audition, see what he's talking about. So I went in, and she said, well, Barry Levinson's here, and uh, I, let's... Would you let's meet him? I want you to meet him. Of course, I thought he was a different director, and I mentioned a whole bunch of other movies he didn't direct. <laughs> but <laughs> that passed. He was gracious enough to let that go. So, um, and then I auditioned, and then that was the beginning of many auditions because he had it in his mind. It was offered to another actress. Okay. But her English wasn't as. It wasn't what he had expected it to be as far as losing a little bit of her accent. So I was in the hopper. And so you got the part. I got the part. And once again, you're working with great people. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, you really, I mean, for the beginning, you're, I mean, all through your career, but in the beginning, you really, I know, you hit it hard. Like, I mean, Ron, I, know. I mean, who sits there as, you know, living in New York and then all of a sudden, you know, you'd worked at McDonald's. Right. And all of a sudden, Ron Howard's giving you a recommendation for uh, yeah. agents. I mean, that's stuff that people can't even fathom. And not only that, I love that, but also, I, because I couldn't drive, I'm waiting to go to the second audition. They flew me back to LA from New York. I'm waiting to go to the second audition. And I'm waiting at a bus stop early in the morning because I know in order to get to my audition for Disclosure, i got to get on the bus early. 
who drives up to the bus stop? Ron Howard. To give me a lift to my audition. And he's so fantastic. He goes, Roma, I don't want you to really, you know, if it's not this come and roll, there'll be another one. So don't worry about it. Don't put your expect. I must have been like flying out of my head. And he picked that up. So, um, yeah, it was pretty magical. So you get disclosure. Mm-hmm. And now when do you decide to move out here? Because it's a, your shrink told you to move out. So you have to be coming out. Well, she only, I only told her I was going to be here for 30 days. And then I wasn't getting a job and I was moving back. So what decided, what was the deciding factor was I got, after I got disclosure, while I was still on disclosure, working on disclosure, I got Chicago Hope. Which, by the way, great series. I love that. And great, just, you you look at the cast from Oh my God. I mean, it's Patankin. Thomas Gibson, has that guy ever been off? He's like been from series to series to series. And even, I mean, Peter Burr went into directing. and Roxanne Hart. Yeah, I mean, she'll be on next week. Oh, will she? Yeah, uh, because Ian Ian Potter. Yeah, That's right. But uh, so so how did that come about? Because, I mean, you're on a movie and then you get a TV series. Was it someone new audition or someone saw your work? Kathy Baker. Okay. From Picket Fence. That's right. Great friend who I did theater with in San Francisco at the Marin County Fair. Not the fair. At the, uh, it was a playwrights festival. Okay. So uh, she recommended, she knew that uh, David Kelly was getting ready to do this new show, holding auditions, and she recommended me. So I went in and I got it. And so after that, I was like, okay. So it made sense. I had to move in. He to move to Los Angeles, even for temporary. Now you're coming from New York, yeah, and you're not driving. But as you know, I mean, I live in Burbank, so if I like go out in Burbank, you know, yeah. downtown, I walk. Yeah. But if I have to go shopping, I have to drive. Oh yeah. Now, so how did you? At what point did you sit there? And I'm guessing because I have a friend who's a comic who didn't drive when he was in Philadelphia, and he finally I, he was on my show like when it first started out. He's like, I finally got my license, and he said saying because he, he said he had to. He goes, you get tired of asking people for rides. Yeah. Ooh. What? What? How long it were you out right. here? How long were you out here until you decided to get your license? And were you were you scared because you had to read? You had to do the reading book, and it's it's a lot of crap. It's a lot of crap. Well, the only reason I decided to get it one, yes, people were getting annoyed they were driving me around, but I was happy to do the bus. But I realized on the bus you could only go one place at a time. In your day. So I was driving to work on Chicago Hope to the Fox lot, and I would get off. There's a bus stop right there, and I'd get off in there. The costume uh, designer finally said to me, Romy, you can't use the bus anymore. You can't come to work on the bus. And so I said, okay, okay, fine. So I did get um, driving lessons, and my first driving lesson was with a Russian uh, driving instructor who was very lovely, but he spoke not a word of English. And I speak not a word of Russian. Right. So I was like, this is not going to work out. So he was like, no, you teach. Well, he did know this sentence. You teach me English. I'll teach you Russian. I thought that's never going to work. So I got someone new. I took my driving test. I was terrified. And the thing about my driving test, I passed on the first time, but I shouldn't have. Because as I'm taking my driving test, we come up to a yellow sign, the yellow light. And I, it goes from yellow to red, and I screech the car, and I just do the sudden stop, and I say to the instructor, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And what I was going to say was, because, you know, I never know when it goes yellow if it's going to go green to red. Right. And I was very lucky I didn't say that because he would have smacked me and then failed me. And so when it was all done, I, my, I said, I, how do you know? And so they said, because it's in the book. 
So I read a little closer, and it's in the book. I just It's funny, because out here, it's it, it, the yellow to red doesn't even count, because I, I was walking the other night, and this guy just blew this red, and I was like, what do you, they, they do it all the time here, in, in, the, in the valley at least, they sit there, and it's yellow, and you think, okay, and you wait, because I always wait until yeah. white comes up to walk, and... I just everyone here just blows everyone, everyone just blows a red light and it not they're not like they run a red light but it's like okay you're supposed to stop because you know you knew you right. know driving if you're going to make it or not right because you sit there and go okay right and you don't want the ticket because it's uh out here it's expensive and you have to take a drive I mean back oh. east if you got a ticket you paid the ticket that was it here you got to go online and take a driving school and this, oh. and this BS yeah but so so you got your license now did were you happy did you go get a car or did you what, what was the first car you got I got a Nissan um uh pre-owned not even pre-owned someone owned a nissan i bought it from them and uh, i love that little car it was fantastic it was called i called it my it was like my friend okay <laughs> it was like you and i and i called her lucy for some reason we're going on this audition together so it was fantastic but i never i did not go on the freeways this freeways well the freeways are just confusing here because they're always packed and oh they, yeah they're always packed and if you like take the 101 it goes everyone it's like okay let's get four lanes Especially if you come from Burbank, getting on one thirty. Let's just take. Okay, here's what you do: is you're going to get on on this, and you're going to cro- you have to cross four lanes I know. in a half a mile to get on a one thirty uh, four. I mean, to the one hundred one to get to the four hundred five, and then the four hundred five is like let's get six lanes and just push it into two. It's, it's exactly right. And what's funny, you're reminding me of on nick of time. I had to drive a van, so it was fine. I drove this big van. A lot of the scene took place in this van, so I'm in the van, and there's a walkie-talkie. And this one time, and there was usually someone in the back seat who could take, uh, someone from Transpo who would take the car when I was done driving it to its mark. This one time, no one's in the car but me and the, and the walkie. And it's this big van. And we're downtown. What's that round hotel I'm forgetting now? Oh, I, I know exactly because I, yeah. I, I can't think of it. So, and you know, right there, if you turn the corner, you could be on the 110, the 101. It's like you think you're going on a street, but you're not. Right. So I go and all of a sudden, and I've never driven on the freeway before. All of a sudden, I'm on the freeway. And I'm like, oh, and there's silence. I'm not saying anything. I'm just, And it's a big van. And so all of a sudden... I hear John Badham, the director, go, Roma, where are you? And I'm like, I'm on the freeway. Well, where are you going? I'm going straight. I was so panicked that I couldn't look at the signs as to where I was going. <laughs> so he said, fine. We're going to have police escort you off of the freeway. And you're never going to drive that car again. So that was talking about freeways that was my first experience driving on the freeway now now okay did you was, was it horrifying it's like anything it seems like you were traumatic and you, you know it was a traumatic experience for you now how did you finally end up getting on the freeway did you ever decide do you still avoid freeways no i'm i'm now i'm i'm you know i'm good with the freeway okay i don't really remember i think it was just i'd been driving a while and i felt you know it's time it's exhausting these surface streets Sir, are killing kill me. They kill you. And it was before ways, so you made your own way, and it was exhausting. Remember that? You had to use, like, the Thomas guy? Oh, my God. I always laugh when people sit there, because we were up in San Francisco, and my cousin, Madison, there was, they were closing streets off. He's like, oh, we'll just use waves. I'm like, what, what's waves? And then, and then like, on my phone, I have Google Maps and MapQuest, and MapQuest always 
it always screws up. Like we yeah. went, we went to the airport. Oh my god, we went to the airport to find parking. We were we had an early flight, and you can't get anyone to drive you at the airport at four thirty no. in the morning. So I go and I get my Groupon. I find this place. It's off like La Cienica, and it was cheap. I mean, I, right. I think we were going for six days. I paid thirty five bucks. Wow, which is amazing. But the directions. Did you still have your car wheels? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, I, I, have, I have I have I have an old car. Okay. I love it. It has one hundred and six thousand miles on it. I'll never get Fantastic. rid of it. Fantastic. But we, when we got to took the map quest, it said get off the four, you know four five. And now it's you know it's four thirty five in the morning. You're right. you're not thinking you know. Right. I had like three hours sleep because whenever you want to, you have to wake up. When I have to wake up early, it's I'm hard. afraid I'm going to oversleep. And if my girlfriend, she always gets up early, but if she oversleeps, she feels like she's going late to the airport. She starts freaking out. Right. I'm going to miss a flight. I'm like you're not going to miss a flight. Right. And it said make a left. And that's what direction said. So right. I make a left, and I'm driving. I'm like I don't see this damn place. So then she gets in the. The uh, GPS on her phone. Then we finally found it. It should have been a right. And right. this MapQuest always does that. MapQuest doesn't know I right agree. to left. Google Maps does, but they always give you some weird ass route. Like I'm like I'm not taking the 110 to the 10 to the two to the oh, three yeah. to get to Santa Monica. I'm exactly. Gonna take, I'm going to take the 101 to the 130, 131, take the 405 and get off or walk. Yeah, and at it's, that yeah, point, exactly. I know. But it's so, but so now you're 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 comfortable on the freeways now. Yeah. Okay. Not good. I'm comfortable. Okay. Yeah. So now Chicago Hope. Now, what yes. did, were you written off after a season, or did you leave, or what happened there? I David Kelly called me very nice. I was at home, and he said, "Well, because Chicago Hope premiered the same night, same hour on a different channel as ER." Okay. And we know what happened with ER. It busted everything open. So David was like, "Well, I'm going to have to revamp the show," and I wasn't a doctor. So he said, I'm going to have to get more doctors on the show. So I was, and he was, it was hysterical. He calls me up. Very nice, David. He calls me up and he goes, Roma, I'm not going to kill you. And I'm like, okay. Because I don't understand that not being killed means I could right. come back. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. So um, that's how that happened. But then just as soon as that happened, Ian Sanders called me about doing Profiler. So that was my next. So I really had to stay. So okay, so in we, LA. Well, see, what's cool is when 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 the when you were written off, like when he had changed Chicago Hope. Was that did it bother you? Was it because it's like it seems like your first time? You know, you were on a series, and it's like I talk to people, and they get used to it because it always happens. You never know. I mean, right. And now, but was it for you? Did it? Did you take it hard, or was it just that you knew you had the confidence because you had it such a good, already had a great body of work that you knew you'd fall on your feet. You know, I think I was so stunned by everything that was going on. Everything was so new that I think I was, um, I was a little, I was stunned. I was disappointed. I liked working with all those people. It was a great show to work on. And, um, but I think the profiler happened so, so quickly that it was like, okay. And that was not an audition or just... No, yeah, just, he just called me on the phone. See, that must make you feel great. I mean, it's just good. I mean, it's like, it's one of those things and you, because I, I have a lot of actors on that they say when they get just offered a part. Even, yeah. I mean, you can see people who have 150 IMDb credits and they still have to audition. And well, Meryl Streep talks about it, how she has to audition. And it's just such, it's such crap. I mean, it's, yeah. it's you know they're going to be good. I mean, it's, yeah. not, it's not like you sit there and go, okay, Meryl Streep's going to come in and she's going to flub it. Right. You know, she can't, you know. Right. It's, a, it's like... She could play any role. She could play a. She could play the flying nun, and she could nail it. Oh, easy. I mean, easy. easily. Yeah. But so that must have been a great feeling for the profiler. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, you know, it was a magical time. So I had no idea. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know what the profiler was. So it was like, yeah, sure, I'm here. I'll do it. Now, was 
Allie Walker on that from the beginning? Yeah. Okay, because I was looking on IMDb and it said she had like 64 episodes and I thought she was a profiler. She was. Did she leave during the series? She did. She left, I believe we did it for five years. I'm, I can't remember. But I think she did it for the first three. Now you're doing that and you're on these series. Now you're probably starting to get recognized. Yeah. Now, what's that like? I mean, in New York, I, I think for I think for a New Yorker, it's uh, probably easier because I think growing and I grew up back east. There's that sense of neighborhood, so you're always recognized. Like if you know, everyone knows. Like we had a family named the Coolahans. There was nine of them and the seven boys, so everyone knew them. Like so once you were Coolahans, like you were a celebrity because right. it was oh, like, oh, that's fun. Hey, yeah, it's the Coolahans, and, and you know they you know get on the good side. There's seven guys. <laughs> they're like you crap. They could beat them up. So I think New York it has that. Like you know, everyone knows each other in the neighborhood, and it's a different neighborhoods are just different there but what was it like i mean were you was was it odd for you at first or what was that like well i'll tell you it was really shocking because being shy at when i was and no one warned me or there was no indication that that would happen to me so i had done disclosure and i remember it was a sunday and i went over to like banana republic or something and the movie i think it had just come out that weekend and I had no, you know, wasn't thinking about it. And I go in and all of a sudden it's, you're the girl in disclosure, blah, blah, blah. And I was, that was the first time. And I was like, oh my God. So it was pretty, it was, I'll never forget it. It was fantastic. But as you got on other shows, what was it like? Because I mean, did you get any hookups? Did you get like deals? I always, because I always fascinated me, did you get like oh, free stuff? I mean, I, did. I mean, I mean, I mean, that must be great. Like when you go in and they say, because I, I, I used to wait tables at Planet Hollywood in Beverly Hills. And it, you could be like, you know, Gary Coleman's assistant. Right. And they'd give you like a leather jacket and all this stuff and just give you like, and we'd right. be like, what do you, what do you give it? To? Oh, because they're so long. They're not so right. But what, I mean, what was that like? Because, I mean, it must be weird to anyone when people start just giving you free, you probably get a lot of free meals. Well, you know what? I was always on a diet, so I never went for the meals. But I did, what was the biggest thing I loved was I'd get into first class. Okay. That was the thing. Like the stewardess would come by, I'd be in coach or something, and she'd look at me and she'd go, come here. So, and that happened several times. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, because then it was like when I did sit and coach, I mean, there's the yin and the yang, right? So now I sit and coach and people go, oh, it's bad, right? <laughs> You're going through a rough patch. I'm like, no, I don't want to spend $10,000 to get on, you know, first class when I know the nose of the plane is getting there only a, a millimeter of a second earlier than my coach seat. See, that's so funny because I would, I traveled a lot when, before Joanne moved out here. I was in a long distance relationship for two years and I traveled a lot and with Virgin because I would fly Virgin, I, always yeah. get, I would always get the same. I like Virgin. Yeah, well, that's great. Yeah. I would always get the same seat. I'd always cause I get booked like three flights at the same time. Uh-huh. It's impossible to get into their, like, their status. I'm like, I called them. I said, you, I can't be like upgraded. I said, I've flown in the last year and a half. I've taken your flight 20 times. Mm. But I would sit there and, and I knew I had my seat and I always get the aisle seat. And I see all these people running, running to get on the plane. And I'm like, I don't want to be on the plane until I have to. Yeah, I would too. just like to sit there and hanging out. And I, I know I'm a 12C. I'm on that aisle. I'm not going to bother anyone. And it would just amaze me that people would come up. And, you know, and like when we when we just flew back east uh, to Florida, actually south, we uh, we were like we got the exit row, right? And then oh yeah, and Joanne's like oh yeah, we're we're in group one. I don't want to go in group one. I don't, I don't want to just sit I there totally, that long. I totally agree because it's just you're, you're claustrophobic. Virgin's great because it has their own TV, yeah. but you can't watch the TV until it gets up in the air. So it's like yeah. the hell with it. And you know you're going to be sitting there for five hours or however long. It's like I don't need to sit there any longer than that. Exactly. 
Yeah. I'm in the lobby taking my Xanax, so I'm fine. I, see, I'm not afraid to fly anymore. I, I used to did be. Did you used to be? I used to hate it. I don't think I did a lot. And I think what happened was, I think the turning point was because I flew, was flying so much to see her yeah. that I actually had, because going from California to New Jersey, you know, it, it's big weather change. Yeah. So I would, I would sit there and I would go when Old Navy had sales on sweaters online and I would order like, oh, well, I, you know, so I can get five. I'm, I'm a shopper. I love. I mean, me I, too. I mean, like bargains. I'm like the king. Oh, like, me too. Like I just I said, oh, look at this. I can get these sweaters and free shipping if I do this. So I would have stuff sent to her. So when I would leave, all I would take is I have that bag on the table. I would take that. Oh, right, with my sure. computer because I had everything there. Perfect. So I think when we get, when, I think the worst thing about flying is one, you worry, you worry that you're getting to the airport, right? And then you're worried you forgot something. And then we always forget that, okay, unless we're flying to a third world country, we can go to the mall and yeah, buy something. Which I like, and absolutely. And that's, that's what scared me. Are you just afraid of the plane crashing? Well, I'm, you know what? It's not even, it's not logical. There's no logic. I'm just a nervous wreck because I don't understand, and I know I could understand because people have wanted to teach me the aerodynamics of it, but it doesn't comprehend in my brain. See, so I leave it alone. You should just not worry, because actually I went to my roommate from college who lives in Louisville. Uh-huh. He's a pilot for UPS. We just said, he was in Burbank. We just had dinner last night. He flies all the time. Right. And he's like, hey, you know what? It's safer than I. Anything. You know what? Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm just saying. Yeah. So, okay, we'll get back from the flying. We'll get back to the, uh, the profiler ends. Yes. Now, when does Nip Tuck come about? That's a great question. Because I'm looking, because Nip Tuck's like up there, because were you from the very beginning of Nip Tuck? Yes. So that started in 2003. Okay, good. That's what. But right. I'm, I'm looking, because it's so weird, because IMDb is so weird that they put something in the middle, and it's like, because it's 2010, 2003. Right. But now Profiler was done, the run. It was done. And so you had the- What the, did I do? You are, it's because- I don't remember what I did. I think I did a lot of- well, I said you were in Television. The Sopranos. You did... I was in The Sopranos. I was in Law & Order, which I loved. Now, did I you loved... do Law & Order? That shoots in New York or here? I did it in New York. So that must have been great. You that got was the... with Sam Waterston. It was fantastic. I did it. Yeah, I was recurring this character. And he's was... a great actor. He's really great. And he's really generous and kind. And, you know, it that adds to his... But he always... When I see him, like, because he gets... I love when he gets frustrated in Law & Order. But he always reminds me of a raccoon. I don't oh, know why. Goodness. I don't know why. And I never I, thought of that. I love his work. And in the newsroom, right. he was amazing. But uh, so that must have been great, though. You got to go back to work in New York. Yeah, so I'd go back and forth. It was like working for The Sopranos because I've heard it was people, fantastic. I heard people just like when that was shot, people just crowd around the set. Like, well, we were indoors. Okay, so it was inside, so it was very controlled, and uh, I did one episode, and it was fantastic. It was fantastic. Now, Nip Tuck, you worked with Julian McMahon, mm -hmm. who was also on the. Profile. Profiler. So how did, did you guys know you were both up for the same part or how did we that happen? We only knew when we were testing outside, the moment we were testing for Nip Tuck, the moment I was outside and I saw my competition and he was outside the door and he saw his competition was the only moment we knew. Okay. And now when you went up for Nip Tuck, uh -huh. it's like anything. It was just, it was, FX was very new. Yeah. And it was a very shall we say, very different idea for a show. I mean, it was, yes. it was, it was, so what was that like as, were you excited or were you thinking, well, this could go be a disaster or did you ever sit there and go, this is going to run because it ran for a long time? Well, I, I felt both. Okay. I felt like this is so crazy exciting. I've never seen this and uh, how fun and it's unbelievable and believable. So I thought either it's going to be really, really well received or people are going to go, What? And luckily, it was very well received. So you do the first season, mm -hmm. it gets good ratings. Yeah. 
but then FX is still new. So you never know, especially, I mean, in this business, you never know. Yeah. Did you know halfway through the first season that you were going to get picked up for a second? Or did that take a while? I think it took a while. I personally don't remember when we found out. Yeah, I don't remember when we found out. I don't know when I was told. They probably knew sooner than I, but I don't remember finding out. But I was happy when I did. It's now that show, as I said, it, it was just, it, it was a sexy show. It was I mean, a sexy show. That's when you think it, it had a sexy appeal and, you know, and it wasn't like, you know, the guys, you, you liked both guys. I mean, as a guy, you thought both guys were cool. I mean, they're mm-hmm. misogynistic pigs. Yeah. But, you know, but uh-huh. he didn't look uh-huh. messy. But what was that like working? Now, you were a doctor, though. Yes, I certainly was. Okay. People mistake me for a I, nurse. You know what? I told someone. I was a doctor. I got in an argument with someone the other night. Someone said, who's your guest this week? And I said, Roma Mafia. And he said, oh, well, yeah, nipped. Oh, yeah. She was, no, I said, she's not the nurse because I watched that girl. It's people go to Showtime on Demand and watch that gal because Roma's in it and it's great. And oh, I, I told him, I said, you. hey. I said, no, she was a doctor. And he's, then he's arguing. No, I said, dude, I just saw a show on her. I did my research. She's a doctor. He goes, no. And you know those people that they always sit there, even though they, they can't admit being wrong. I know. Like they sit there and go, well, no, no, I think you're wrong. Well, no, okay, look. Here's here's the computer. Right. It says doctor. Right. Oh, no, no, no. I think, and I'm like, that's when I just want to hit him in the head. I know. But you were a doctor. I was a doctor because anesthesiologists are doctors. Now, did you get, did you get, did you get anesthesiologists contacting I did. you? I d- no, I, well. Like saying, hey, we, we dig what you're doing or. I did actually. Some doctors, yeah. They would say, you know, you're representing. I hope that's true for all of you. But yes, that I was representing. So it was really nice. Well, that show ran for how many seasons? Seven? I think it was seven. And you were in all of them? Yeah. Okay, now I got to ask you something. And I'll be honest, Joanne loved it. I watched it in the beginning. Yeah. You know, we were talking about, she goes, did you watch a show? And I said, uh, I did in the beginning, but it's like anything, when you're busy and you get distracted. And back then there wasn't all the on demand and right. you can't really do it. And TiVo was cost too. I'm like, I'm not getting TiVo. Yeah. I stopped watching it, but then down the road I started watching it. And at what season... Was the which was bizarre because I just think you're not watching this. You're watching it, and it's you know it's crazy. It's out there. The storylines are nuts. And then I put it on, and then you got your was it your kidney stone or yeah. And that that back then that was like the big. If people don't know, back in I'm thinking what year it was. There was a big urban legend where a guy went to the airport and then he had some drinks and he woke up and he's in a hospital. I think and that's true. You think that's true? Okay. I think that's no, okay, no, it can't be. Well, people, he he woke up in a tub of ice I think that's with true. tubes. That can't be true. Now listen to me, and listen to me really good. I'm going to listen to you. All those, you know, Ryan Murphy was a journalist. So all of those um, procedures are actual procedures that have been done and can be done. Okay. Now, one of those procedures was fictional. But this isn't what it wasn't really a procedure. I mean, it was, it's, it's, you were, I mean, how did, how did they say Didn't that you? Did you see those movies where kidneys are gone? Yeah, but I, that's a movie, I don't know. No, I, I think that's absolutely true. I, okay, okay, you know, I'm, I'm not going to... I gonna, sound like your friend, don't I? No, no, because you know, cause you're no, you, cause I'm not going to argue because I'm going to take your word for it. I'm not going to be one of those people that I'm not going to one-up Anybody you. out there who has one kidney because they sold the other kidney or didn't know it was gone, please let Steve oh, know. No, 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 I understand. I, no, I just don't believe in the fact that people woke up in a tub with ice. I, I think that's true. I think that has happened. Now, what season was that? Was that towards the end? And now how do they pitch that to you? I mean, you're, you're, the, you're, you're oh. the doctor. I mean, did they come up? Did they say, okay, is it a meeting where they go, okay, Roma, here's what's going to happen. Okay. Well, you're going to come to the set and you have to sit in ice. And they go, and you go, and then your character, you're not going to, I mean, how does that, how does that happen? And, and that, but that must, for you, it, you must have confidence in your acting because that's not easy to act like, 
because you're terrified. You're like, what the yeah. hell? You wake up. I mean, yeah. how did they pitch that to you? Well, you know, Ryan Murphy, I really, I give it all over to him. If he said, this is what you're going to do, I did it. Because I just honored his imagination, and which proves that he's got an incredible imagination. So I was like, he's going to think up a better story and more daring than I'm going to think it up. So I'm going to go along for the ride. So I never doubted him, and I did not disagree with what he said you're going to do. I did it. And now do you have to sit in ice? I don't... It was just a little bit of ice. Because that would stink. I, I would yeah, it was... But, you know, it would give me as an actor a lot to, to work off of. Yeah, because you're freezing. It's exactly right. Now, so so Nip Talk runs for seven... Yeah, so which, seven seasons, right. Which just must be amazing. And I think Nip Talk was also one of those shows that had... The fans that are, as I always say, like you have, you have the fans, like the people who watch Star Trek, mm-hmm. they're very fan, fanatical. And people who watch FX, you know, like it's always Sunny and Philadelphia, all these shows have a great fan base. Right. How, how did, and the internet wasn't as huge yet. Right. So how was it, how were the fans towards you? Did you really get a lot of fan love? Did you get a, get a lot of love from that show? I think we got a lot of love. Okay. Yeah, we definitely got a lot of love. I remember I was taking a trip to Venice, Italy, and I was on the ferry. And there were people on the ferry that were talking to me about Nip Tuck, how much they loved it. And I thought, they, they were Italian. And I thought, oh, okay. Yeah, I think we got a lot of love. Now, women must have got mad because you got to work with those two hunks. That probably, did you ever, did, did any women ever get mad at you? Like, because you know how women can be. Like, oh, oh. Oh, wait. how women can be. What does that mean? Oh, I'll tell you what Mr. it means. Mr. Steven. I'll tell you exactly what that means. <laughs> tell hey, me. Women, and I'll say women can bitch about little things. Guys can be, women are catty, guys are idiots. That's not, that's, that's not, that's nothing. I love women. My mom's a wonderful woman. She called I know. me. You have them as friends. She called me last night, my mom, and she has Alzheimer's. It was hard, so I had oh. to sit there. But, you know, it's, but my mom was, was, was one of the first female, you know, say yuppies or whatever. She graduated with a woman in college, and I am all for women's rights. But women can be catty, just like guys can be Dicks. Like I sit there when I see these softball player guys. I go over four. I call them over forty softball guy. I go, you're idiots. But you and women can be catty. And when you're working with two good looking guys, I don't think. Let me just say, I don't think that's necessarily a a women a category a characteristic of a woman's cattiness. Um, I as a woman don't come across a lot. I I mean, I'm not saying all women. I okay, good. That's not, no, what I was I, saying. I know. I'm no. I'm saying no. I, I would never. I'm not. That makes you so shallow. When you know, I'm not saying like my girlfriend's not catty. She, See? No, but I'm saying. But for a lot of women that sit there and watch TV, I mean, I can imagine people being pissed at you because you work with two good-looking guys. Because you know, guess. you know how people sit there and they they don't understand. Like, why is it her, not me? Yeah, or they don't understand that it's it's acting. Like they don't. Yeah. The people don't get that. I mean, right, right. So. So, That's all I'm saying. I, I, you know, I'm glad we resolved this. We all good? We're good We're all good? We're, we're all good? So women. good. I, right. I want to make sure we're all good. Pump you know, fist. I don't, fist I don't, pump. Yeah, I mean, pump fist. I, I hate that. It's, I like, it's like, no one knows how to shake a hand. And when I was growing up, my mom always yes. said, shake a hand, look a person straight in the eye. That's exactly and now right. you come up with you, and it's like, wait, it's like, at versus when it's like, you meet someone who's like, I'm 51. When I meet someone my age, they want to, I'm not going to hit your fist. I know. So, anyway. so now, now did, did, did you get a lot of fan mail on that, during that show? I did. Okay. I did, yeah. Very nice fan mail. Yeah. Now, what is it? Do you, do you respond? What is it like getting, I mean, because back then it was more, I mean, now it's like people are on Twitter and, yeah. and they can email you. And But what then, was it, Was it? did you respond? I mean, how do you, when you get a fan mail, I mean, it, it's very. I did respond. That's good, because I think it'd be very humbling because it's some that someone is taking the time right. to write to you. And that's what I hate when people don't acknowledge that and it's like that's right you're you know you're in a certain level 
they may idolize you. Right. I tried my best. Okay. I'm sure I didn't get everyone, but I did try my best to respond. Okay. Yeah. But it must be great though. I mean, you know, just being on a hit show. I mean, did you do you ever do you ever have you ever watched yourself on TV? Or I mean, just to so, critique yourself or I have a hard time. I have a hard time, so I just I wait a, I wait a bit before I you know like I let it go maybe a year, a couple of years, and then I go oh because then it's like oh let's see what's going on, yeah. And you've been on so many shows it must be odd because there's there, there's probably across the world I mean between your movies and your TV shows I'm guessing that you are on TV at least once a day. That is every so day. exciting to think about. But think about it. okay because you had Nip Tuck. Right. The profiler, they're right. all in syndication. Right. The movies, I mean, you know, right. you know, there's someone watching Disclosure on Netflix. Right. You know, someone kid, some kid just found out about what a genius Ron Howard is. Right. So he's going through all, all those right. movies and finding the paper. So do you ever think about that? That you're probably no. on TV now because you've also been on Boston Legal. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. was uh, now now how was Boston Legal during Nip Tuck? No, no, no. It was it. I don't know because I don't think it was. I think it was after Nip Tuck. Yeah, I think it was. But you know. Time is funny. Well, you've been you've been on these great shows. Now you also ended up on Grey's Anatomy. Yes, which Joanne loves. I don't, yeah. I don't, that show's been going on for two thousand years. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's like. But and then you work with Patrick Dempsey, which is so funny. I remember when Patrick yeah. Dempsey was in like the Pizza Man or whatever, like his right, right. His early movies, Can't Buy Me Love. Right, and he just says this redoes his career. Now, what was was Grey's an easy role to get? Did you have to audition or did they call you because I think I got it. I think they offered it to me. I think they were generous enough and they offered it to me. Yeah. And once again, that's a show that's highly watched. So yeah. so did the people contact you about that role? Um, the people go, hey, we liked you on Grey's. I think, you know, I don't know that it was... Pre- yes, I can't remember. Now, are you, are, you, are you involved in social media? Do you tweet or anything? I do that? tweet. Okay, now what's your Twitter account? Oh, if I could only remember. I think it's Miss Roma Mafia. Well, actually, people M-I-S-S. just follow her, but also just type in... Roma Mafia in the search. Now, do you have a blue check? Which you should. What's a blue check? Blue check means you're uh, verified. When you oh, I am verified. Okay, I am verified. That's what. That. That's just what's creepy. I know. That people would sit there and go, "Okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be Roma Mafia." Exactly. And you go, "Why? I mean, what is wrong with people?" I don't now, know. Now, do you tweet a lot? You know, like today I tweeted Happy uh, St. Patrick's Day. Okay. I tweet when there's something, either something's really annoying me or it's a really great reason. I don't tweet every day, no. Now, do you get tweeted at? I do get tweeted at. Okay, now, is there, because a big thing on Kimmel is the mean tweets. Has anyone been mean to you? Cause, yes. See, okay, now, that's the one thing I don't understand. Like, I, I am a humorist, uh-huh. so I'll put jokes, you know, I, I'll make, you know, I don't make fun. I don't tweet at someone. Like I'll, I'll put their name. Like I said, I don't know who it was about the other day, but I didn't want to. Uh, the guy on the Mario Solis on NBC pronounced the college Albany, and I have a problem with that because you're a sports catcher. You should know it's Albany. So I just wrote, "Hey Mario," and I didn't write at Har- Mario Solis, but I right. said, "Hey, it's pronounced not Albany, right. Albany." Right. But, but that's just a joke. But now, right. what? What's like some? What do they say when they're mean to you? I mean, do you, and you just—they're like because they're, they're trolls. That's well, what they are. They're trolls. Yes, and they're trying to trick me as they're someone else or something about the. I, I'm now on Pretty Little Liars. I recur on that, and they don't like my character. She's trying to do good, poor thing, and they don't like her. The fans of the show, which there are many, gratefully. Um, but they're like, they don't like her. So they have things to say that um, I can't remember. I just, because I bleaked them out so quickly. But yeah, that's what, that's what 
pisses me off about it is it's you it's you're not the character right that thing and it's like i just don't understand how people are just mean like and i mean i've seen you know people just get rip i mean if you make an idiotic comment right. hey you know what i have no problem if, right. if someone says you know makes like a racist comment right. i have no problem with everyone attacking that person right like you you're an idiot right. go to hell you shouldn't think that you know especially if you're in a role model but when you're the character right it's just not right it isn't i totally agree with and you. i'm mad now I you know what i'm I pissed people, off I want man people to be nice to uh, be nice to roma mafia Thank she's a so very much. nice woman now now pretty little liars yes how'd that come up because that's that's one of those shows on abc family is that what it is or is it on it's on one of those it's it's right it's on abc family and uh that's yes. one of the shows that has also these shows have huge followings. Huge. But for you, it's a different demographic. Totally. Because you go from Nip Tuck, which was a They're, very hip, crazy, I mean, probably the But Nip they Tuck, were too young. Yeah, and Nip Tuck was probably 21 to 60, the demographic. Yeah. Now your demographic's probably like nine or no, 14 or... and, and the, no, the, Nine, the, I think you're right. And these young kids... Yeah. Man, they're fanatical. Yes. I mean, I know people who sit there and they're on kids' shows and they go... I'm like a rock star when I go to my daughter's school because people are like, oh my God, you're the guy from Big Time Rush and stuff like that. How did the role come apart? Uh, did you sit there and did you, have you never done uh, kids, not kids, a teenage-based show before? No, did you? I haven't. Um, I was offered the role. Okay. And uh, I am grateful for it. Um, I am... Tr- Oliver Goldstick is the producer, one of the executive producers. And my friend Leslie Farah, an actor who's on the show, introduced us together and he said, come on our board. And I was like, fantastic. So what's it like when younger kids, I mean, it's when these, because they're, uh, I just call them punks, even though they're not, and we're not, no, but what's it like for you? Because it must be weird because they're fanatical. It's not like, it's not like when most adults will come up and say, oh, we love your work. Right. This is like, oh my God, oh my yeah. God, for them. It's, and it's great. And that's the, what's great about youth is, you know, they're still I know. fascinated. Yes. But is that, is that must be yes. cool for you, though, when it's these fantastic. kids come up? It's fantastic because they are so excited. I see the initial excitement in their eyes, and then they realize who my character is on the show, and then they hate me. Okay. <laughs> so it's a beautiful combination of both. What's it like being hate, though? Because you've always played a likable character. I, you know, and I'm like, She's just trying. I didn't know. I didn't know she was not liked. Okay. And then I'm like, well, she's just trying to do her job. So I, I'm complimented, you know. But I guess they figure they're protective of their, you know, the yeah, they girls. Have to. So you recently did that gal, yes. the movie with Ian yes. Romain. People, please go and show time and watch it because it's really good. I mean, it's, as I said, yeah. it's it's just it really encapsulates the character actor from the female vantage point. The first one's from the character actor from the female, and just the 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 obstacles that they get yeah and it's just and the obstacles that are aren't fair and just to send you right she uh, roma talked to me about the stats it's amazing how many more females come out to act because i always think it's just these a lot of guys and it was it was like almost double yeah so now when that came apart were you excited to do something like that because it's just because it actually it it looks at the business and it's an intelligent look at the business i was uh when ian asked me i was like yeah i'd love to do that because it's so rare we get to voice an opinion about what it was like or what it is like to act in Hollywood and be a woman and to be a woman of a certain age. So it was fantastic. And now you had talked about your hair. 
Yes. And now you're letting it gray. I'm letting it gray. And you silver. should. Yes. You should. And then silver. And silver's not gray. So because I know. No, no, I, no, no. I, I'm just being. No, look, look. Mine's mine's sort of like I very nice silver. silver. Yeah. I yeah. Blew, uh, because I'm bald, but because I, I haven't shaved it in my head lately. And, and, but it looks good. And it's just it, it's silver, but it's good. But it's good that you do that because yeah. so many people are, and it pisses me off because people are just there's people with silver and gray hair. Yeah. And it's just it's good They're that you can make a stand. Call the baby boomers. It's, you you yeah. make a stand. Well, yeah, it's sort of like, you know, and the thing is, too, it's like doing laundry. I love my hairdresser. I hate getting my hair done as far as getting it dyed. And as soon as I walk out of the, the, um, the salon, my hair is gray again, the roots. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what was the point of that three hours? Except that I love him. Okay. But um, so I'm like, no, I can't do it. Plus, I've been noticing more and more. You can tell when people have dyed their hair. Well, yeah, I think it's just because it looks... I, I, well, it's also if someone's like eighty, and their hair is like jet black. Oh, you know that's not that's not oh. happening. You know, it's worse. It's like in the guys like that. Like, they, and it's always like the old guy yeah. who has like the really he bought really cheap dye. Yeah, and you sit there and go, dude, come on, with me. I'm, I'm like, I'm not. If you need a hair piece, that's fine. But do me a favor, get a nice one because there's yeah. nothing worse than you look so bad when it's like that. Yeah, you'd look so much better with nothing. What, what do you have? Now I got to ask you this question. Now, this, and this is no. This it sounds is, serious. I'm scared. Yeah, no, it is serious because okay. you. And this is a compliment to you. Oh, thank you. For for young actresses, what what can you say to them? Because you know, in the beginning of your career, your first few roles were as a prostitute. Oh yeah. And then you've played a doctor. Yeah. And a lawyer. Yeah. And a professor. And yes. Spanish, and so you've you've really gone up. The, the I mean you've the really blue chain. yeah I mean you've, you've you've changed you know you've you've been around I mean so you I mean you must you know young actresses must love that because that you can give them hope that it's like there's going to be a role you may not always want to take but you take it and you put your heart into it I'm guessing so um, I would do a prostitute now okay because it's not her it, she's got to be more than just a prostitute right and what's interesting to me is what is she more than just the prostitute. Um, so, because, you know, a complex character is a complex character. So, I would say, look for a complex, look for characters that you love. That one that you love, you can relate to, or two that scare you. Because, for whatever reason, they're out of your comfort zone, or there's something new to you. Because as actors, we have to continually grow. So, I would say that. I would say also... You know, because we're talking about I played prostitutes, don't do anything that feels you uh, that you compromise. You've compromised a part of yourself that um, you didn't want to. You know, I wouldn't do nudity if it wasn't integral to the role. Okay. If it's integral to the role, yes. If there's a reason, I get it, yes. If it's just because, nah, that's not good enough. That's good though. Yeah. Now, do you ever do stage anymore? I do. Okay. Now, is that what, what is that great? A great feeling to get back on stage? It is. It's terrifying and it's really fun and exciting, and I look forward to doing a lot more. Yeah. Now, now, uh, are, do you get to t- plays out here, or, or are you going to do it on the road, or how are you going to do that? I well, I plan on moving back to New York. Okay. And doing theater there, and um, I did. I just got my master's program. Well, last uh, spring I got my master's degree. Okay. And in part Congrats. of the program, thank you, I had to do a lot of theater. So that was fantastic. Okay, we have about a few minutes left. Okay, good. Why are you moving back to New York? Because it's my hometown. And now, is that is that an upcoming move soon? or In the next couple of years. 
Okay. Yeah. Now, I mean, how are you going to get used to the weather again? That I don't know. Because we, we've been so spoiled. I mean, this year has been, I feel awful. I mean, I have I my know. friends on Facebook tell me to go to hell. I'm like, I should, I should move back to Philly and do radio back there. And they're like, you're an idiot. It's freezing. Except the only thing is, and I totally agree. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Maybe I'll just stay indoors and become a hermit. But the thing is, is out here, now we, it's winter. And we've got to put the air conditioner on. I know. We know I and that's it. frightening. As I said, it's so funny. I said, I, I'm, I tweeted yesterday. I said, I'm waiting for spring to start so I can get rid of these 90 degree winter days. Exactly. Because today is cool. And I'm sitting there, yeah, we have the air conditioner. I'm like, wait, it's it's March. It was 90. Yes. It's, it's crazy. It's spring. So where are you going to live in New York? Do you know? Yeah. I have a house. I bought a house up in Nyack. Okay. I know not. There used to be a comedy club in Nyack. Oh, was Years that? ago. Years ago. So that's, that's so you're out, outside the city. Yeah. But Forty-five minute drive in. So will you, will you try to get some Broadway stuff? Oh yeah. So you it's off like, Broadway? Yeah, all of it. Are not any TV things coming up besides Pretty Little Liars? Let me see. Uh, not that I know of right now. No, well, but you're going to stay around for a while. Oh yeah. So you're not leaving yet? No, I'm not leaving. And yet. you're not going to leave the business? Just, oh no, I'm not leaving the business. You just well, what else would I do? Exactly, but I'm yeah. saying, but you're going to do stage. But oh yeah. You'll still do movies and TV. Absolutely. So what what do you what do you, if you say? What are your two favorite projects you've done in your life? I loved, uh, oh, there's so many, it's hard to do too, but I must say the first, I loved working with Bruce Beresford in um, Double Jeopardy. Okay. He's a fantastic director. And Ron Howard. I mean, and oh, it's hard to narrow it It down. must be good though. I mean, you think, you know, when you were working at McDonald's, and this is just yeah. the way, this is how dreams are, people. This is what dreams are. She's working at McDonald's, and back when Filetta Fish was 48 cents. <laughs> but you work at McDonald's, and at that, I mean, you think, and, and, and you looked at it when you were younger, that it wasn't, you never looked at it as a career. No. And just to think that, I mean, when you're working at McDonald's, did you ever fathom that you would have worked consistently for all these years? No. Been on hit TV shows, worked with, I mean, your list of people you've worked with is just yeah. out the bazoo. I mean, yeah. so much talent. I mean, that must, have been, that must be just, it must be just astonishing sometimes. It is astonishing. It's actually, I don't really pay any attention to it until someone is generous enough to read it back to me. Okay, well. And then I'm like, wow. Well, you've had a great career. Yeah. And I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Now, now you'll, 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 we'll, we'll find you on Twitter. They can, they yes. can type in Roma Mafia and it's R-O-M-A and then M-A-F-F-I-A. Perfect. So they'll find you and then they yes. can follow you and you'll, Perfect. you'll start tweeting more. I would love that. Okay. Follow her and start having help her tweet more. Also people, follow me on Twitter. It's at Cooper Talk. That's at Cooper Talk. Also go to my website, Cooper Talk. Net. I have three over 350 episodes up there. You can also email me at cooper at coopertalk.net. iTunes and Stitcher, type in one word, Cooper Talk, and that'd be great. And also, people, Wednesday, next Wednesday, it's the 25th at uh, 8.30. I'm in the I Improv Olympic West Storytelling uh, Festival. So I'm in the loft section. So the show, it's 10 bucks to get in. I'll be telling a show about when I dressed up as a piece of corn <laughs> out here and got paid thirty seven fifty an hour. And it's a great competition. There's some great judges. And IOS is just, I mean, so many people have come out of there. Kate Flannery, uh, Eric Stone Street, just amazing people. So try to check that out because I'd like that. Also, my other project, go to my website, www.stopthesalt.com and purchase my cookbook. You know, when I got out of the hospital with my heart problems, I had to change my diet completely. And I have a cookbook that's 120 recipes. There's main entrees, there's sides, there's sandwiches. 
There's no pictures. You don't want the pictures because so many people look at a cookbook and they see this picture of this beautiful, beautiful food and they're intimidated. They don't know how to cook it. So up front, there's a key. It's basically saying, follow the directions to cook pasta, but here's how you can make great side dishes. So get that. It's $10. It's $10. You can also find it on Amazon, but go to my website, stopthesalt.com. I will sign it if you want me to. So go to that and buy that. So that's about it. Follow me at Twitter. Follow Roma Mafia. Go to her IMDb. Look at all those great projects and watch one so we can make sure that every day someone is watching something <laughs> Roma Mafia has been on. That's your homework for this weekend. And go to my website. I, I hate this. I have 30 seconds left. I cut off exactly at two minutes so I have to sit there. And also, today is St. Patty's Day. You'll be hearing this tomorrow and St. Patty's Day will be over. But I hope you didn't drink and drive because that's not good. But drink your green beer. Follow me at Cooper Talk. Look up Roma. She'll start tweeting more. If she gets 10 followers more, I'm going to follow her. We're going to make sure her tweet, oh. she tweets more. And go to StopTheSalt.com. Seriously, people, this is a project that's very close to my heart. iOS next weekend. That's about it. I'm Steve Cooper. Remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins, keep listening, and I'll see you guys next week with three new guests.